thought leaders, storytellers and griots sharing personal highlights on Stories of the Week. So today's store thought leader is Dr. Divya Singh from um, from Stadia Holdings. It's, it's an investment company. She's a chief academic officer there. And really what uh, is happening here is that they're highlighting the need for us to really be part of a solution when it comes to access to higher education. What we know now is that we've always had a problem with universities filling up way more and quicker than the need is um, that is out there. With COVID and with the fact that some children and some students are not able to, you know, to, to, to sort of go into the next level of their education because of all sorts of things. We have now an influx and, and a backlog of what needs to. So the question is what needs to happen there. Dr. Divya Singh, as I said, will be joining us to have this conversation. They've conducted a study. And the part of the conversation is about what then do we do to try and, and match the need and to, to match this demand that is out there of young people who need to get into higher education. Dr. Singh, thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. Good afternoon. Morning, Pamela. <laughs> Did I say good afternoon? We are on <laughs> cup number four, Dr. Singh. Cup number four of coffee. <laughs> How are you, Dr. Singh? I'm well, thank you. How are you? <laughs> well, thank you so much um, for being with us. You know, you're highlighting some really interesting points here about what are we going to do as a society to meet the need and the demand of young people who want to go into higher learning or not necessarily what we deem to be the traditional methods of going into higher learning. What what, what can be done? And maybe let's start with how bad is the problem? The problem is very serious. I think what, what we're finding is that the universities are simply, from their infrastructure, their resources, their capacities, they're not able to take in the number of students who qualify mm. for higher education access. Mm. And you, you, you then find many students who know that they have access to higher education but simply don't get in, not because they don't meet the standards, but because we find that the universities are full. Mm. And what, what, what we're looking at is, from our studies, we picked up the universities are probably able to take in about a quarter of the number of students from the higher certificate to degree mm. endorsement sure. um, in, into the university sector, the, the public university sector. But But the problem is also that you know, there is such a shortage even for private and independent higher education sector as well. There, there just isn't enough. That's possibly the case. Mm. But I think what our study showed us is there's an incorrect perception about the private space. Mm-hmm. What you find very much, or what we identified from the study, is that at the schools, amongst school leavers, mm. even amongst employers and parents, the feeling is that I must apply to the, a university. Yep. Now, private institutions are not allowed to call themselves universities, but they are very much higher education providers. They provide degrees. I mean, you'll find several of them provide degrees all the way up to doctorates mm. even. Mm. So they can provide degrees, they provide diplomas, and they provide higher certificates. They are, the, the programs are accredited exactly the same way as a university, a public university, and it's registered in the same way. So if people began to understand that the private 
providers and the private players mm. are an equal opportunity. And there's no need to despair because you don't get into public university. Mm. There are very good alternative options available in the private space. And I think, or I believe that the private space mm-hmm. has quite a capacity to still support the national agenda towards increasing the numbers of students in higher education. But, but Dr. Singh, the, the, the problem is deeper than that, isn't it? The, the perception doesn't only sit with the, the learners and their own personal home situation and what expectations there are there. It's the fact that when you go out into the marketplace, you do find a bit of discrimination, even from the marketplace, even from industry. I, I cannot deny that. Mm. And, and that is what we picked up. And I suppose it's, it's manyfold. Mm. Um, I, I, far be from me to say that perhaps in the past mm-hmm. there might have been private providers who were not up to the same standard. Mm-hmm. And I think what happened in that instance is that from the national space, as well as from experience, people began to give private providers, let's say, a bad name, yep. as it were. Mm-hmm. But you need to understand that one, two, three provide, private providers who might do something that's not um, a quality issue doesn't mean that all private providers need to be tarred with the same brush. You see the same thing in the university sector. Not all universities perform to the same level. But what we've had is since 1994, and, and it's quite correct, mm. national government has placed a great deal of emphasis on the transformation of higher education, mm. but it's been a very strong focus on the public university sector. Perhaps somewhat to the detriment of the private space, and national has not given the same kind of emphasis to the private space So you did have providers who did not always meet all the standards. And then as we've moved on, that problem has just simply become more entrenched. Mm. And it's now the idea that because two, three, four private providers might not have met standards or done something wrong, well, the private space is wrong. And that's an unfortunate perception and one which both national government and perhaps the privates themselves need to work at mitigating because until national also comes on board to acknowledge the private providers and the contribution that they can make this perception is going to pertain but to what extent could things like partnerships, you know, mitigate this problem? In other words, if uh, a company then adopts a specific a number of students, for instance, in, in both sectors, by the way, but also, as you said, you know, not only to wait after the fact to say, well, mm, we don't know if the quality of this particular degree is, 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 mm. is good enough for us. While they're in their studies, they are part and parcel of themselves, navigating themselves between this institution as well as this particular company, they're adopted by them, maybe they're their sponsor and some. To what extent could that be of support? That could be a tremendous support and I think we're beginning to see more and more of that happening. But the the one thing we must understand is that all private institutions are registered 
by, by national. So mm-hmm. it's the same standard. They apply the standards. And similarly, all the programs offered by privates are accredited by the Quality Council, which also accredits the public university programs, mm-hmm. qualifications. So that's the one standard. The second thing that we're beginning to see now is that policy for partnerships between public and private institutions. And I'm hoping that becomes a stronger emphasis, that we begin to look at how public and private institutions can work Mm. more closely together. But more importantly, for the private providers, like you're seeing with many of them, the big emphasis is on relevant qualifications, Mm. the world of work, and the development of partnerships with industry. Where, Where I'm sitting at the moment, that's one of our significant thrusts the relevant qualification and employability of graduates. Mm, mm. So we believe that if we can start integrating uh, workplace learning, um, Mm, the mm. simulation of Mm, what the workplace, mm, but also mm. the partnership so that your students can start working Mm. in the environment, it will begin to create a better sense with the employers of what we are producing they get to know the graduates better, and the institutions then develop more credibility. Um, the integrity of mm. the private sector mm. begins to improve in the entire system of higher education. And I think that's going to be critical for us in the private space to begin to develop and enhance the partnership arrangements with industry to be able to provide these kinds of linkages for our students and it works both ways there. Yeah, yeah. Doc, um, Dr. Singh, I mean, I imagine that obviously this is this has been um, available to to all sectors and 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 all the the the, the shareholders and the stakeholders is is the word that I'm looking for. What's the response you're getting from the public sector, from the private sector, as well as maybe the universities regarding the partnership? Well, no, issues? regarding the study. I mean, what's coming through is not only you saying it, but you've actually done a study and you can, ab- you know, you're yes. able to, to show them by way of these stats that this is where the problem lies. Are they receptive? Are they, are they seeing this differently? They're very receptive. And what we found interesting is that they're surprised. There were levels of surprise. Where, when we engaged, for example, with the regulator and we said what, what we picked up, and, and it came out from the regulator themselves. And then when they realized the perception, um, they were quite surprised mm. because as far as, you know, the, the, the formal word would be, no, privates, uh, private institutions are doing well and the standard is good and we, we have no negativity about them. So there was a level of surprise in the schools. There, there was less of a surprise mm. because what we picked up there very, very clearly is that the students didn't know enough mm-hmm. about the private higher education space and sector. Mm. They really don't know. They, they know a few institutions or they know what they read about mm. in the newspapers. Mm. Mm. And as always, the negative or the bad stories that Come get out. into the newspaper. Yeah. Um, so... It's it, it's mixed. It's yeah. very mixed. What we're seeing. 
Look, thank you so much for highlighting this because I, I think it also gives us a lot to think about uh, going forward and options that young learners have and those who may feel stuck because they were not able to get into the traditional university spaces. That's Dr. Divya Singh is a Chief Academic Officer at Stadia Holdings. It is an investment company in private higher education and they've released a study just looking at the need for, for learners to get into spaces of higher learning and, and how they should be able to think differently about what types of spaces they need to go into perhaps looking into more private education as an option rather than just looking at the uh, the traditional universities as we we've always been thought to believe